this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. All right, I think we're ready to ready to rock and roll. Ready to roll? Rock and or roll. Are you ready to rock? Well, yeah, I guess. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was flipping through the other day, and it was the uh, Lord of the Rings parody. Yeah. <laughs> so funny when Butters is watching the porn. Precious. <laughs> they they took it away. Took away my precious. When he's trying to, first they let him come with. Yeah. And they're like, but you got to play Lord of the Rings. So he starts like humping their legs. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell are you doing, Butters? I'm playing Lord of the Rings. It's the most hardcore porno <laughs> of all the pornos. Backdoor Slots 9. It came out in like 2002 and they're still renting VHS. <laughs> I got a DVD player in 2002. I think we got one in 2000. My dad won one at the company picnic. Mm. I actually still have it. I never use it though. That'll happen. You know, one of these days I'm going to introduce the show. I'll be like, I'm Eric Mulder. Joining me today is Brett motherfucking I'll edit this out, but what are these days? You're going to have to divulge your last name, I think. Why? Because the listeners are begging for it. Who? <laughs> Everyone. Everyone's curious what your last name is. I listen to several podcasts where neither host says their last name. <laughs> but it's weird that I do it and you don't. None of well, that's your choice. It's your prerogative. These other podcasts you listen to, are they, do you correspond with them on Twitter? Well, I, I shout them out on Fridays. Yeah. But do they have pictures of them on Twitter? Uh, do you know what they look like? Some, most no. You're just such a mystery to all the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Staying off the grid. Uh, I have a cartoon uh, picture of the Wolf Man. <laughs> you do, sure do. I mean, the Timber Wolf Man. No, I switched to the one that's uh, available for sale yep. on our our store at uh, teespring dot com slash stores slash wtm watch this movie. That it is. We have five designs up there now. Five. Five for you to choose from. More coming up every month. Yeah. We just put some new stuff up uh, July 1st. There you go. Got your summer shopping taken care of. Yeah. Got some cool shit up there. <laughs> uh, well, this is WTM Watch This Movie, and I am Eric Mulder. So he says wrecked him. Damn near killed him. My mysterious co-host is Brett, also known as Mr. Positivity. Mm-hmm. That's what they call me. <laughs> That's what I call you. 
That's what a lot of people call me. <laughs> Uh, well, today is another recently seen episode. Been a minute since we've done one of those. It has. Yeah. We're going to record our Rocky Four episode right after this. Uh, today is Monday the 8th? Yes. 8th of July. Been two full weeks since we recorded an episode, but you wouldn't know because we put one out every week. Yeah, there you go. Sometimes twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll probably release uh, this recently seen up tomorrow on Tuesday and then maybe the Rocky Four episode on Thursday. Continuing our summer of SAM, the acronym SAM. Yep. Sylvester, Arnold, Arnold and Mel. Uh, We'll be doing Terminator 2 next week. That'll be fun. And then after that will be Lethal Weapon 2. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's all sequels all month. Sequels. Last month we did... Badass dads, <laughs> badass single dads. Sure did. And this month it's sequels. And then next month we're going to get kind of serious. Not really. Kind of more, more, uh, first blood's kind of serious, but more analytical are, take on films. The other two are pretty fun. Yep. Most deaf. And I know you got plenty of wrestling references lined up for Road Warrior. <laughs> I might have to do some research to make sure I get them all. Yeah, so I don't know anything we should discuss before we start the show. It's a pretty uh, packed episode. Yeah, I don't know. Jam-packed. I can't think of anything. All right. Well, let's do it then. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? We both saw... Midsummer. Midsummer is what we saw. Oh, good for you! And how was it? We did not go together. We did not. In spirit, though, we saw it at the same time. Just at different theaters. Yeah. I saw a 2 o'clock showing. I went at uh, 410. 410, ooh. Yeah. It was a packed house. Near sellout. Mine was, too. At Lagoon, and give credit where credit's due, people kept their fucking mouths shut this time. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Uh, there was a couple that sat next to me at the AMC, and uh, they fucked up their seating. So, it's, you know, AMC, they have all the seats are like two, two seaters. Yeah. And they sat one in one and the other in the other in the <laughs> next one. And, uh, the boyfriend was next to me, and he kept leaning over to whisper to the girlfriend, but like not like loud enough to be a, a real distraction. But he's just like, I just like see him go over there, and I don't know what to do if he had explained stuff to her. I I feel like she was explaining stuff to him. They probably both didn't get it. So about halfway through, did you uh, kind of kick up the armrest in between you? <laughs> <laughs> Get a little closer. Do a little stretch. <laughs> ah. I should have. He went. He got up to, to to go to the bathroom during the movie. I should have just flipped it up and then just put both leg rests up and just stretched out. <laughs> <laughs> what a why stretch out. <laughs> uh, but overall, it was a uh, it was a pretty good experience. I've had. Uh, some other movies I've gone to recently where there's uh, at least like one or two people who get a little chit chatty 
or they bring their kids in to a movie that kids shouldn't be at, and those kids get chit-chatty. But overall, it's a pretty good experience. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I pointed out that I had a good experience at Lagoon because in the past, <laughs> it has not usually gone that way. Virtually so, every time you bring it up, it's a bad yeah, experience. Pretty much. Uh, I got the details here. Midsummer, directed by Ari Aster, who also directed Hereditary. This film stars Florence Pugh, Jack Renoir, or Renoir. I think of Renoir because there's no I, right? I saw an interview with him where they said he was born in America and raised in Ireland. So I'm guessing it's Renoir. Okay. Or Renner. Maybe. William Jackson Harper, Wilhelm Blomgren, Will Poulter, Laura Torchia, Archie Medewick, Medique Way, Medique Way. <laughs> All right. Then there's a bunch of Swedish slash Scandinavian names that I'm not going to get into. So there's a good person named Dag. And Bjorn? Dag Anderson. And Bjorn, Bjorn Andreessen. Yeah. Synopsis. A couple travels to Sweden to visit a rural hometown's fabled midsummer festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Dun, dun, dun. That's a pretty good synopsis. Yeah. Nice little tight synopsis. Nice and tight. Get right to the point. Should we even discuss the kind of the very beginning? I mean, that kind of sets up the story, but... Well, I, I guess we could, uh, without spoiling too much, it's basically uh, Florence Pugh and, uh, what's his name, Josh Rayner? They're uh, boyfriend and girlfriend. And Jack Rayner. Jack Rayner, sorry. His name's Christian in the movie, but mm-hmm. there's several scenes where she calls him Christian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a weird way to say that name. But uh yeah, so he's a he's like a bad boyfriend, right? And uh he's thinking about breaking up with her, but uh she has a traumatic experience uh that she goes through and he basically just uh Keeps her hanging on, you know, from there. And then his friend has invited their group of friends to Sweden to visit his hometown. And uh, Florence Pugh kind of invites herself. Well. After finding about, yes out no. about it like two weeks before. Yeah. Because he's kind of like, yeah, they're all going to Sweden, but I'm not. <laughs> well, I might. I, I told you I wanted to go. Yeah. So, like, he had mentioned the trip, but he said he wasn't going to go. But then she finds out at a party two weeks before that he's already got tickets and uh, he's going. Mm-hmm. So, ipso facto, she ends up going along with. Yeah. And they go to the land of the midnight sun, basically. Yeah. It only gets kind of dark for a couple hours at night, maybe. Yep. Middle of the night. But, yeah, from there, it kind of delves deeper and deeper into I don't know a cult like movie right and I guess you could call it a cult you know but 
It's I don't a know. Commune. It's just like it's a, a village community. It's just a village in the middle of nowhere <laughs> with a small group of people who practice some strange what we would call strange customs. Mm-hmm. Of course for them it's very normal. Yes. It's just the way things are. Of course things are amped up to 11 because it's like the 90th anniversary of uh well it's basically like they're they have a special Midsummer celebration every 90 years. Yeah. So it's kind of a special one that only happens once every 90 years, mm-hmm. which is kind of a weird time frame. Yeah. Well, and then uh, the first thing that happens when they do the, when they go there is they, they take some uh, magic mushrooms, mm-hmm. uh, which is not the best thing for everybody. And the rest of the movie is a hallucinatory dream. Just kidding. Very much of it. <laughs> There's there's long stretches where this is a, a, the first movie that I can remember since probably Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas where they they do the the tricks of with the special effects to emulate the uh, hallucinatory effects of the drugs. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's a lot of breathing plants and just waviness in the air. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I, I, you know, throughout the time that they're there at the village, like, I had a pretty uneasy feeling. Like, they kind of gradually work into the the more bizarre, uh, uh, customs, customs, and and whatnot. Um, and then there's a couple pretty shocking moments that even you see, if you see them coming, like, they do them in a way that it's still kind of get you yeah i was surprised at the lack of walkouts in my theater there was a couple i don't think anybody walked out but then again i don't know like some people left but i think they came back i sat in the second row so i couldn't really (laughs) because the exits behind me oh yeah so i couldn't really see anyone leave i just heard a lot of rustling Hmm. during one part and i'm like yeah those people are all leaving (laughs) (laughs) i sat in the back so i could see i had a a visual on the entire theater. Yeah, I uh, I liked it overall because I liked Hereditary quite a bit last year. I'm not sure if I like this as much as Hereditary or not. See, I just watched Hereditary for the first time last week, and I actually like Midsummer better. Okay. Not that Hereditary is a bad movie. I, I really like that too, but I mm-hmm. I just liked Midsummer a little bit a little bit better. Yeah, I mean. It's not like Midsummer has many flaws. It's, it's a little long. Yeah. About two hours and 26-minute runtime. But I, I think they they did a good job of kind of building the characters up and mm-hmm. and kind of uh, building up to the big climax, the big climatic scene, uh, and to get the most out of it. They did a really good job of that. Ari Aster wrote this during a breakup. Uh, with a relationship so people have seen the movie (laughs) might get a little more out of it i guess was he florence Pugh in that (laughs) (laughs) relationship well i don't think he had as many tragedies occur in his life as hers but yeah speaking of florence Pugh, man do i have a crush on her especially ever since lady Macbeth. yeah you pumped to see her in other movies you see a lot more of her in lady Macbeth. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'd say. But yeah, she is a tremendous young actor and pretty excited to see what else she does. Still need to see that fighting with my family, so. Yeah, I'll probably watch that at some point when it's available. Mm-hmm. But I've not seen it yet. If you were an A-lister at the time, I'm sure you would have saw it in the theater. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would hope so. Would have been something to do. So a few wrestling movies that come out, especially ones that are critically heralded. Yeah, well, they don't do a whole lot of movies about wrestling mm-hmm. these days. And that was a biopic, so... Um, off of uh, Paige is yeah, her name, right? Yeah. The wrestler. Which uh, she had to retire last year due to a, a neck injury. So it's like, you know, I heard the the movie ends right when her career kind of hits a high point. And then it's like, well, if you know the rest of the story, it gets kind of tragic. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But we'll see that at some point. Yeah. Um, what would you rate Midsummer? I would give it a WTM soonish. 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 See, I'm kind of almost in between. I think I'm still going to have to go soonish as well. Soonish. That's what I gave Hereditary. And I think this one, I don't know, in spite of its few faults it achieves something pretty remarkable in that it's pretty much set in entirely in sunlight. Yeah. Especially keeping a movie that long, creepy and interesting, I think is pretty uh it's a pretty big achievement. Yeah. Well I I thought he did a good job too of um when they have these kind of shocking moments in the middle of the the, the movie he kind of makes you feel like maybe you're the one who uh, has the problem uh, that uh, maybe it isn't as unusual or crazy as you might think. Maybe it is kind of normal. So, um, and then you get yourself questioning, you know, maybe maybe it is okay. Maybe maybe that's just how they do things. Maybe that's not crazy. Mm-hmm. Um Although I've seen The Wicker Man, so I was prepared. <laughs> Which one? The original. Okay, I've seen that too. I I think I like this better than that one. But it's the original Wicker Man's pretty damn good though. Yeah. All right. I think that'll go down in the books as a suitish, since we agreed. There you go. Um since I'm gonna be talking about Brewster McCloud, which you challenged me to watch last time uh we'll have you go first or next with your right. second movie i watched 2019's child's play good for you which is a re a reboot or reimagining uh is directed by lars Clevberg. stars aubrey plaza mark hamill uh, bring back brad dorif well, I heard that the uh, the Chucky, uh, the original series, is going to continue with some uh, uh, some more. Uh, I don't know if it's a mini series or a movie that uh, uh, Don Mancini is working on, who created the the mm-hmm. Chucky character. Let's see, Brian Tyree Henry's in there, Gabriel Bateman, 
Tim Matheson, uh, Trent Redekop, David Lewis, uh, Beatrice Kitsos. Beatrix Kiddo? No, Beatrice Kitsos. You know what Beatrix Kiddo is? Probably. It's the name of real name of the bride in Kill Bill. I knew that. I knew that. Uh, Ty Consiglio. Well, those are the ones you watch the least, though, right? And Carly Spurk. I've been meaning to rewatch those and Inglorious Bastards because those are the ones where I didn't like them as much as his other movies, but mm-hmm. I keep hearing they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe. Well, especially, I mean, I like the I, Kill Bills a lot. I think Inglorious Bastards, I uh, I don't know. My, I had bad expectations. Like, I, I was expecting a different style movie than what it was and i probably shouldn't have bastards is my favorite of his you should watch that then check out my analysis on the website maybe i will (laughs) maybe i will anyway so just like you did with drive i'm sure (laughs) i didn't have to dig for it because it's not on the home screen (laughs) (laughs) i only have like five or six i don't know how deep analytical pieces but i think the it wasn't uh, easily available when I looked. <laughs> we, you got to put a link to our store on there, too, so people yeah, can right. find it. And then probably put in your Twitter bio. That's what I did. Twitter bio? Put the link to the merch. Oh, yeah, in the Twitter bio. Yep. I thought you wanted me to add the Twitter bio to the website. I was like, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, why that's I, why I was confused. Why would I tell you to do that? You said add the Twitter bio. Uh, what? <laughs> Anyways, uh, Child's Play uh, synopsis is a mother gives her 13-year-old son a toy doll for his birthday, unaware of its more sinister nature. So that synopsis is basically the same as the original Child's Play, but this story is uh, very different. It's very much different. You don't say they they don't have any of the voodoo or black magic in it. Um, there's no serial killer that possesses a doll. It's uh, the Chucky doll is basically a walking, talking Amazon Alexa with uh, an error that uh, allows it to learn uh, profanity and violent behavior. Which is uh, kind of an interesting twist on it. They probably could have called it something else, but I think people would say that's too much like Child's Play, mm-hmm. which is probably why they called it Child's Play, um, along with the ra- name recognition, obviously. But it's a completely different uh, Chucky character. So I think that helps a lot when going in because it. It makes it a lot harder to kind of compare it to the original um, because it's not trying to be just a straight-up remake. Um, and I thought it was a lot of fun. It's pretty damn good. I, I'd recommend it. Go see it WTM eventually. 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 All right. Well, I saw apparently the most popular movie this year from what I've been told. It's got more theoretical dollars than any other movie (laughs) that come out in 2019. (laughs) 
It is on Netflix currently. It is called Murder Mystery. This is the new Adam Sandler Netflix movie. And in case you're wondering why the hell am I talking about it, I've seen every one of Adam Sandler's movies that he's done with Netflix. I don't know why you do that. <laughs> I don't necessarily know either. You review them on the show too, and it's like, you don't have to. You don't have to admit that you watch that. Well, you see, I loved Sandler growing up in the 90s. Like his first three, four movies I really liked. Yeah. And then he just took a big dive for me, like his comedies. Like I still, I love Punch Drunk Love. You know, but I wouldn't call that an Adam Sandler movie, even though he's the main star. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. But yeah, that's it's more of Adam Sandler in in a in a movie. movie. <laughs> it's not yeah. It's, it's not, not Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler doing a Adam Sandler character. It's not Happy Gilmore or it's not uh, Happy Madison Productions. Yeah. Those movies I kind of quit watching. And his family's not in it. What the fuck? <laughs> like I'll say I think the last decent like Adam Sandler movie is probably 51st Dates. Uh, just an Adam Sandler movie. And that's like, what, 13 years old? It might be 04. 15? Let's see. Probably. Yeah, 2004. But uh, I haven't seen the Meyervich, uh, Meyervitz stories. That's also on Netflix. That had uh, Dustin Hoffman and I think Ben Stiller. It's kind of an indie yeah. movie on Netflix. It's supposed to be good, but never saw it. Um, he's done a, you know, a couple things in the dramatic genre. He's actually done pretty well, Mm -hmm. but as far as this happy Madison stuff, like I've never seen click. I've never seen any of the grownups. Don't give a shit. Don't want to watch them. I've only seen click on TV, like on comedy central. And I've never seen the whole thing. Mm Mm-hmm. What about uh, You Don't Mess With the Zohan? No, never saw that. Watched a little bit of that. Last time I was on Comedy Central, and it's bad. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you don't say. It's kind of racist, too. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a common thread in some of his films. Uh, so when he struck up that new deal of Netflix, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, there's always plenty of stuff to watch on Netflix, although that's... That's becoming, I guess, less and less of a rule of thumb. Yeah. Because they have so much now that they they kind of erase their back catalog of old movies and things like that. So there's so much original new stuff to it where it's they're kind of saturating everything. And I just don't give a shit about enough of their original content. I like some of it. Yeah. But not enough to like, well, I just got to quit watching old movies. You know, fuck that. I'm going to just watch less of Netflix. Well, and the... Part of the problem is that all these studios are just taking all the rights away so they can, you know, start their own streaming service and yeah. show it exclusively on their own service, mm-hmm. which is going to fuck over Netflix. Uh, for anybody who is like that, where they're not interested in just Netflix originals. Yeah. But I was almost slightly intrigued when Sanders signed his deal because I'm thinking, well, We've already seen, or even though I haven't seen a lot of his movies over the past ten years or so, I you know I know that they've become big, overproduced blockbusters with mm-hmm. very generic or well-worn comedy. 
crude humor, they're, so to say. They're pretty obvious cash grabs. Yeah. And I thought, well, he's already got the money. With his, I think pretty much the deal was you get all the money up front, and then you know they pay for production costs and things like that. So it's kind of like he signs this deal. It's I can't remember what the first deal was for because I think he um, extended it. Hmm. But it was something like three, four, five movies right off the bat. It's like, all right, you're gonna do five movies for us. Yeah. I thought, well, maybe you know he's kind of he was already kind of given free reign over everything. Yeah. Like what he did. But I thought, well, you know. There's going to be no producer notes. Maybe he'll just try and actually make something funny. Right. Or maybe go back to his roots a little bit. Or, But he's got no artistic integrity. <laughs> <laughs> and most of his uh, movies on Netflix, his Netflix movies are pretty bad. Uh, I'd say I did like Sandy Wexler, but that movie has a lot of flaws with it. And uh, I'd heard, you know, everyone's watching Murder Mystery, so better check that out. Turn your brain off, have a couple cocktails or, you know, whatever it is you do. And then, I don't know, watch it for an hour and a half. I was amazed when Netflix tweeted out that like 36 million people watched it. Like subscriptions. So it could have been. Subscriptions. So that's. In like a weekend. (laughs) Yeah. And you know how people share subscriptions. So who knows how many people. Watched on each subscription. Yeah. So it's 36 just, yeah, million. Yeah, just like, you know, people, two people watching it at the same, same time, you know, yeah. man and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, partner, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want. So it's 36 million times however many. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> Which is way more than I think any movie has ever done on a weekend. I wonder if they had like a uh, minimum amount of time spent watching the movie before they counted it as a view. Yeah, I don't know. Because I got to believe somebody is turning that off. Because <laughs> <laughs> you think about, uh, God, what was the record? Did uh, Endgame set it for most in a weekend with like $250 million in a weekend maybe? Oh, how much for it was? box office dollars? Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think if this would beat that for the people that watched it. Yeah, I don't know. Because if 10 million people watch it, about $10 a ticket, that's $100 million. Sort of thinking maybe 25 million people watched Endgame, maybe 30. I mean, if you do $10 a ticket, that's $360 million. Plus, you know, if you think another, like, 10 million watched it, you know. Is that what it was, $360 million for Endgame? No, for the... that's, three, that's 36 million times. 10. Okay, I thought you were... <laughs> I thought I was like, oh, the numbers are really close. I <laughs> you're looking at the numbers in there. I don't trust my mental math these days. Oh. But yeah, I mean, that would be if everyone sold tickets or bought tickets to mystery or murder mystery, it would be pretty much the top grossing movie ever. <laughs> everyone just watch it on their Netflix accounts, apparently, according to Netflix, of course. The thing is. 36 million people aren't going to pay $10 each to watch Adam Sandler's movies. Well, yeah. But it's a movie that they watched on the same weekend, regardless. That's true. And technically, they are paying for it if they're paying for Netflix. So Endgame opening weekend was 357115000 So 
murder mystery edged it out. <laughs> and Infinity War was second at 257,698,000. Mm-hmm. So it's top two in theater- theoretical dollars. <laughs> theoretical dollars. <laughs> Uh, so let's get to the details here. I wonder how many people are signing up for Netflix just to watch Murder Mystery. Because that's, that's the key indicator. How many new accounts <laughs> are, are you getting off these Adam Sandler movies? Uh, maybe you should tune in for the director. It's directed by Kyle Newichek. You know Kyle Newichek. I've heard of him. Workaholics. Drives a rape van. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, starring Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, your boy, Luke Evans. Luke Evans is, <laughs> is everything. Good deal. Terrence Stamp, Gemma Art- Arterton, David Williams, Danny Boone, Eric Griffin, also from Workaholics. <laughs> and Jackie Sandler, she made it in there, of course. <laughs> She's credited as great-looking flight attendant. <laughs> Is she that high up in the cast list, or did you have scrolled I, I skipped that? through a little bit. I'm sure the kids are in there, too. Yeah. Uh, synopsis. A New York cop and his wife go on a European vacation to in- reinvigorate the spark in their marriage, but end up getting framed and on the run for the death of an elderly billionaire. That sounds really original. Yeah. <laughs> So Adam Sandler plays a New York cop who's been trying to become a detective forever. He keeps on failing the test, even though he's he's not the dumbest guy, but you know, he's not the um, he's not good at tests or he's not the best detective. I assume he works behind a desk. I can't recall. Because he doesn't look like the type of guy that can get out there in the streets and uh They just keep on reiterating how he keeps on failing the detective test. They have some exam for detectives, and he keeps he's failed it three times, I think. I think that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. You don't get promotions. You got to take the test. You, get you a don't, raise. You, you don't have to actually solve crimes. <laughs> you just have to take a test that says you could solve crimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they end up going on a vacation. Uh, his wife, Jennifer, played by Jennifer Aniston, kind of s- sneaks into the first class cabin area to the bar and she meets Luke Evans there. And he's the son of this rich elderly billionaire who invites him on their yacht mm-hmm. uh, to uh, just for a party. And while they're on the said yacht the next day or the day after, wouldn't you know it, dad gets killed. And that- we have a murder mystery on our hands. Wow. Nobody knows who did it. Or who done it. It is a whodunit. <laughs> and, of course, the prime suspects are Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. Interesting. So, yeah. Hilarity is supposed to ensue after this. <laughs> There's a few chuckles in here. A couple of scenes. There was one scene where, where the, the billionaire gets killed, the death scene, I thought was fucking hilarious. There was mm-hmm. one scene that was really funny. The rest, the rest of it's pretty, maybe a few chuckles here and there. Yeah, you know, mostly forgettable. Like if it was on a TV channel, I'd tune in for a couple of scenes. Maybe that's about it. Mm. Keep on keeping on after that. That sounds about right. Yeah. So I mean, we've talked about Am Sandler enough. So I'll just give it my rating of last resort. 
It's a last resort. I think every Adam Sandler movie these days, the synopsis could be uh, middle-aged man goes on vacation. It's pretty much all he does in his movies. He just takes his family on vacation and then gets paid millions of dollars to do it. Mm -hmm. Films it. (laughs) Shoots some scenes in his free time. All right, what else did you watch? Your third and final recently seen movie. I watched a movie... From 1992, starring our man, Sylvester Stallone. Ooh. Timely. Called Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Stop, exclamation point. Or My Mom Pause. Yes. <laughs> Is there a dot, dot, dot? No, it's just an exclamation point and then Or My Mom Will Shoot. He says it in the movie. It's pretty <laughs> hilarious. Stop. Or my mom will shoot. Because he doesn't want to say it. He says it begrudgingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by uh, Roger Spottiswood. Starring my man Sly Stallone. Estelle Getty. Uh, Joe Beth Williams. Roger Reese. Martin Ferrero. Gaylard Sartan. John Wesley. Uh, that's good enough synopsis is a tough police sergeant's overbearing mother comes to visit him and begins to meddle in his life and career yeah that's exactly what happens <laughs> i used to watch this a lot as a kid i think we had it on vhs i didn't expect it to be as funny as it is because i laughed through the whole thing Estelle getty as the <laughs> overbearing mother you were the only one. <laughs> I don't know. But how could you not laugh at this? It's fucking hilarious. Slice Stallone just like <laughs> complaining about his mom, like getting into his business. But mom, stop, dude. I'm a grown man. You're not going to be treated me mm-hmm. like that. So I, I thought it was hilarious. You know, some of the shenanigans she gets into. Uh, like the whole catalyst for the, the main plot is she finds his gun and decides it's dirty so she's gonna clean it in a bath of bleach and about three other kinds of cleaner and just strips the hell out of it and then uh she decides to buy him a new gun to make up for it which she ends up at a uh the back of a van selling illegal firearms because there's a 15-day waiting period at the real gun store. Mm-hmm. And then she witnesses a drive-by murder. <laughs> and so there's another cop at the, the 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 station who's on the case, but he's an asshole, so she gives him the runaround, and she'll only tell her son the what she witnessed so that she can go on the case with him. And uh, like I said, it's fucking hilarious. I I thought it was nonstop laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> like I literally laughed from the beginning of the movie to the end. Like I I said, you know, we, I watched this a bunch as a kid. That's true, but even as a kid, I was like, well, I think you this could, isn't that great of a movie, and it wasn't like at the top of our list of things to you know rewatch. I think you might appreciate it more as an adult. I'm sure I get some cheesy fun out of it. Because as a kid, I don't think you understand what it's like to be an adult who gets treated like a child by your mother. 
so you can't you're used to it like that's just how mom is you know and whatever but as an adult getting treated like that it's frustrating but uh was it still getting your mother or what <laughs> no comment <laughs> <laughs> no anyways i like i said it was a lot of fun it's kind of a silly story obviously kind but. of a silly story <laughs> called stop or my mom will shoot i mean she <laughs> she helps with the, she's not like a cop she just kind of helps with the investigation get a different jumper in every scene <laughs> she does wear track suits she does a, wear a pretty nice windsuit at one point <laughs> it's pretty pretty slick uh i'll give it a an eventually wtm eventually eventually blasphemy uh what <laughs> When I put it on the website, that'll be going down as a last resort. Mm, no, I said eventually. Yeah, but I've seen it, so I can give it a rating. <laughs> I could say never. <laughs> Why would you say never? The movie is hilarious. <laughs> I don't... You have poor taste in comedies, <laughs> is I think what it is. I didn't say I would say never, but I definitely would not give it eventually. I would not recommend people need to... Go out of their way to see this before they die. Uh, yeah, they should. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just need to revisit it now. I think since you, it's been so long. I think you over should. twenty years. I think you'll appreciate it a lot. You'll probably get some of the jokes that you didn't get as a child. Maybe. Maybe I will. All right. Uh, now we're gonna get into the movie challenge section of the show. Yes. Last recently seen ep, Brett challenged me to watch Brewster McCloud, which I did. So I'm going to talk about it for a little bit here, and then I'm going to challenge him to watch a movie, and then we'll sign off for the people who don't stick around, because after that, we will go into spoiler territory for Brewster McCloud, a 1970 film. (laughs) (laughs) Which, even if it's it's spoiled for you, you might... get more out of it yeah and want to watch it more at that point yeah because it's definitely a movie you don't like oh the ending was ruined <laughs> i don't think <laughs> yeah i don't think spoilers ruin it yeah I, I think it it might make you more curious yeah so brewster mcleod from 1970 directed by robert altman starring bud court shelly duvall sally kellerman Michael Murphy, Rene Aberjonas, Stacy Keach, William Wyndham, John Shuck, Margaret Hamilton. List her as well. Did you know she was the uh, Wicked Witch? I see it on her profile pic. Of the West, I think. She is. Was she the West? Yeah. So that would have been uh, 31 years before this movie. She's looking pretty spry for <laughs> having been 31 years removed from getting burned alive as the Wicked Witch of uh, of Oz. Yeah. So, uh, synopsis. An introverted loner living in the bowels of the Astrodome plots to develop, with the aid of a mysterious guardian angel, a pair of wings that will help him fly. So Bud Court, besides always trying to sleep with older women 
In this movie, he wants to also make wings so he can fly. Have you seen uh, Harold and Maude? No. Is he in that? Yeah. Is he the, is he the main the guy? Because Harold and Maude, it's him and Ruth Gordon. Okay. Is that Commissioner Gordon's mom? <laughs> Not quite. Oh, his wife? Ruth Gordon from Rosemary's Baby and Every Which Way But Loose. Let's see. Yeah. Ruth Gordon was born in 1896. <laughs> <laughs> that 18 in front of there. And Bud Court was born in 1948. Wow. <laughs> so. I didn't recognize Bud Court for over 52 years. The only thing I recognized Bud Court from was uh, Where's Waldo? I always just knew him as the uh, asshole boss from Heat. <laughs> at the diner for the I've only seen for Heat. Allstate. I've only seen Heat one time. So uh yeah, I didn't recognize The Allstate guy when he gets out of jail he has that job as a cook at a diner. I don't even His remember. His boss kind of mistreats him. Yeah, I wouldn't have recognized him from that either. That was twenty five years after this. And then he quits to to go join the bank heist and get shot and killed. I think he was in uh MASH also, which I haven't seen. But he dresses like Where's Waldo for much of the movie. I wonder if they uh, designed Where's Waldo after Brewster McCloud. So Harold Mod came out in 71. So that was the next year. He was pretty fucking young. Yeah. So he's about 23 at the time. At least Harold Mod came out and Ruth Gordon would have been <laughs> 75, 76. Jesus. And they have... Somewhat to remember. Well, it's basically a, a rom com with a seventy five year old woman <laughs> and a and a. I think he's supposed to be maybe playing late teens or early twenties. Oh 20s. my! But it's not like it's all explicitly sexual or anything like that. It's much more mature and fun take on that type of relationship. But it's been a, a long time since I've seen it. But isn't that a show on TLC? I don't know. Strange love. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, in here, Bud Court also uh, draws the eye of older women. He's living in the Astrodome for unknown reasons. Right? He's just living in the in the bomb shelter or whatever. Because what's his job again? He doesn't have a job. He doesn't at all. So how the hell does he get into the Astrodome? The... Well, they would have tours and stuff, and so the the doors would just be open. Or, I you thought know, there was something that he did at one time, like maintenance-wise. I thought he had like some menial job, but I guess not. I think he might have uh, faked it. He kept trying to evade that the big fat security guard mm-hmm. with the glasses, the sunglasses. Yep. And the mustache. I always get out of breath chasing him. So yeah, in this film, as I said, he's trying to make wings so he can fly. And there's a a string of murders happening around the Houston area Mm -hmm. where all these people end up dead and they have bird shit on them. Yeah. They're all strangulation victims as well. They don't think the bird shit is related until Ace Detective from San Francisco comes in. What was his name? Schaff. Frank Shaft. Mm-hmm. Call me Frank. 
Yeah, and so uh, he's kind of the main suspect, at least for the viewer. It's pretty much either him or his guardian angel that's doing it all. Well, they seem kind of unrelated, but it's they all seem to have some kind of interaction with Brewster before they die. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, this movie's a comedy. Uh, there's some funny parts in there. It's, I think it gets a little, gets a little meta at certain points. Mm-hmm. Kind of it draws attention to itself as a film. Uh, there's some good moments. I wouldn't necessarily say it's required viewing. I mean, it is a bizarre movie. You watch it like, that's something. <laughs> I don't know if I liked it or didn't like it, but it was something. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely some enjoyable stuff in there. Uh, I think I'll have to give it a last resort. It's a last resort. I think I gave it an eventually when I reviewed it on the show. Yeah, I think I could see some people watching this and loving it and other people's other people watching it just kind of being bored. Not getting it. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. There's birds and there's a lot of bird jokes. Yeah. I could see people getting it, too, and just not caring. Yeah. But. It all depends on taste, you know. I can see that. I thought it was a little slow at times, but I'm glad I watched it. There you go. Uh, for next time, I'm going to challenge you to watch To Live and Die in L.A. came out in 85, and I'm going to give you the same instructions that I gave you for Drive. You have to listen or watch that at a loud volume. Because the soundtrack is more important to that movie than it is even for Drive. I will do my best. The soundtrack was composed and performed by Wang Chung. <laughs> and it that's, is incredible. That's what it says. <laughs> I have the soundtrack. I listen to it often. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. That's the thing. I'm obsessed with 80s music, but I don't like Wang Chung. I like one of their songs and then this the soundtrack which I is only, half I, half of it's just score i only know one of their songs and it's wing chung tonight you might know dance all days i'm sure you know dance all days uh, i'd have to hear it <laughs> it's the only one i like is dance all days <laughs> <laughs> i thought they only had the one hit so i have no idea what any of the other songs sound like Oh, yeah. Never heard that one. Isn't that in a movie, too? Yeah. It's actually in To Live and Die in L.A. in the background in one scene when he's at a strip club. (laughs) I wonder if that was on GTA Vice City. Because that sounds familiar. It could have been, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't put it past him. But I'm yeah, I'm sure I know that from a movie more so than just on its own. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, next recently seen up, you'll talk about to live and die in L.A. I'll be looking out for our Rocky episode that'll be dropping later this week. Rocky Four. Yep. Followed by Terminator Two next week. I'm not sure if we'll do a recently seen next week or the week after, but in a couple of weeks. And we'll be doing Lethal Weapon 2 before 
July is set and done. That's so how it works. Please reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or Brett at PositivelyWolf1. Please rate and review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast apps. And if you feel so inclined to support us by buying some merchandise, you can check out uh, teespring.com slash stores slash WTM Watch This Movie. Any support would be greatly appreciated, and we'll go towards helping the show. Yeah. And we then, are in the hole. <laughs> and then you can help us by, you know, helping to, to spread the word of the show by either wearing a, you know, a t-shirt or a hoodie or putting a WTM sticker on, on something that you carry around or. Yeah. We need our listeners to turn into walking billboards. We appreciate it. If you like the show, you know, look, get the word out there. There you go. Like Steve from Movie Drone. He's yeah. been super helpful. He's been droning on and on about WTM Watch This Movie. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and we appreciate the support. Yeah. <laughs> he especially liked our Commando episode. Yeah. Which I hope everybody did. Because mm-hmm. that was a fun one. And they keep on pumping out great content every week as well. Sure do. Miss except, Mark this week. Except for last week when they didn't put a show out. Yeah. It's too bad. Anyways. But yeah, any support is much appreciated. You know, check out the merchandise or uh, like Eric said, uh, drop us a a rating or a review and uh, that goes a long way. Yeah. You don't even have to give us money. Just fucking rate and review the show, would you? Or if you're on Twitter, follow us and, you know, like and retweet every time we, uh, we post about a new episode. There you go. All right. Let's get into Brewster McCloud a little more in depth. So pretty weird and wild. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it is different. I read some things about it. I read one thing where it said Altman hated the script. Hmm. At least that thought the dialogue was shit. So a lot of the dialogue was ad libbed. Okay. I was like, huh? I mean, this seemed like something Altman would have. I don't know if he would have wrote it, but at least he would have I didn't been like look, on board at the screenplay. Yeah, I didn't really look that deep into any of it, but uh, it's for sure a uh, a unique movie. So it was written by Dor- Doran William Cannon. Doran? Or Duran. Duran. Hey, but that's still with you, Duran Duran. <laughs> Yeah, surprising that this kind of came out around the same time as MASH, which Altman also did. Yeah. So he was a busy boy at this time. He's doing MASH, which is considered a classic to some, if not most. Yeah, I've never seen the movie or the TV show MASH. Oh, really? I think you'd get into the TV show. I used to watch it all the time growing up. I don't know. I just it never caught my interest. When it when it used to be on all the time, yeah. So, never got into it. Stick around for after mash, <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird seeing the Astrodome. 
like right after it was built, the eighth wonder of the world. Right. Everyone's just all pumped about the fucking Astrodome. <laughs> well, it was like, I don't know if it was one of the first domed stadiums. Must have been. And then they, uh, obviously, AstroTurf was developed in, conduct- in conjunction with the Astrodome, if I'm not mistaken. So it was pretty unique for the time. I think it's still there today. I don't think they ever tore it down. Yeah. Which is weird because it's like right next to the, the new football stadium. And like when they do aerial shots, it's like why is that eyesore still there? Yeah. Because <laughs> the, uh, the Astros played there. Yeah. And there's some shots of that in the movie. And I just couldn't help but think like, God, those players must fucking hate playing on that shitty carpet that's on the cement. <laughs> like even... <laughs> The Oilers played there too, I believe, until they moved. Um, but even in the the game in the movie, like, wasn't the lighting really dark in there? Like, it looked terrible. Well, I think it, some of that's just the color. Yeah, it really looks a little darker and dingier. I couldn't tell if it was uh, just the way they shot it, or if it was actually like that garbage of a lighting in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's. Uh, Definitely a a unique movie in that they took this brand new facility and they're like, let's make a movie set there. But it'll part of the trivia I saw was this was the first movie to ever be filmed in the Houston Astrodome. I'm like, (laughs) out of what two? Like what else? (laughs) What else did they film there? I don't don't even know. I don't even think I could name another one that was filmed there. I was like, that's a point of pride? <laughs> you don't see a little big league touting the fact that they were the first to film in the Metrodome. Like, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> we're from Minnesota. We don't give a shit. It took them 12 years, I guess. <laughs> the only reason they filmed all those baseball movies is because the baseball was on strike in 94. <laughs> yeah. So they were empty. All the stadiums were empty. <laughs> it's free real estate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well... Can we rent it for you? Like, we'll, you know, undercut you on the price. Like, we'll, we'll take anything. <laughs> we got no attendance. But yeah, so I think you mentioned earlier before uh, at work today that you, you liked the uh, professor kind of mm-hmm. doing his bird lessons kind of in between the, the main story. Yeah. Which kind of correlated to the story in a way but mm-hmm. it was it was more like uh, about the anatomy of birds and so i guess that kind of ties into how he's building his flying machine um and how you know he can make it so he can actually fly with it yeah but also the professor gradually turns into a bird himself mm-hmm. which is pretty hilarious I liked it more so towards the beginning of his transformation when he's just doing weird noises. <laughs> <laughs> he starts sprouting feathers and his body changes. And... I think he had the, uh, it was like an ostrich skeleton and he like bumps it and it's just like shaking while he's talking. <laughs> <laughs> he like turns back quick like like somebody was coming up behind him. <laughs> he stares at it for a while like he's not sure it's like it's just the fucking like i don't know if that was planned or not the skeleton that was just sit, standing there for probably years <laughs> uh what else the uh the girl i forget what her name what was her name hope 
The one yeah. that had the crush on Brewster, mm-hmm. but Brewster just ignored the whole time. What is she? Okay. Was she masturbating underneath the blankets or what's going on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was definitely. Because one of the scenes, it seemed like she was, and the other one, it didn't seem like it at all. So like, what is she hopping up and down on? She's like jumping up and down under the blanket, like on herself, I guess. <laughs> it was I, weird. I don't know. Brewster, Brewster. Because she comes in while he's doing his pull-ups. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, whatever. I don't have any interest whatsoever. Because, yeah, if you have sex, you're not going to want to fly ever yeah. again, apparently, is the rules in this movie. That's the allegory. And then, uh, so she comes in and she starts taking her clothes off, gets under the covers, and just has at it as Brewster continues to count his pull-ups. <laughs> <laughs> and she just wants him to count louder and louder. <laughs> <laughs> and then later she comes in and Brewster's not even there. She's just like, you know, gets a, gets to it like he's he's there working out, but it's the the guardian angel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that gets a little awkward. So who is killing everyone? I don't. They don't really give a definitive answer. There's, it's implied that it's Brewster. Yeah, there's one scene where I thought they kind of. We're trying to let it slip or make it noticeable what the murder weapon was, like a, a certain type of rope that was used for the strangulation. Because I can't remember who it was. I think somebody like fell over and like uh, it almost looked like a rope that was tied up in a certain way and almost have like knots on the sides to grab onto. Hmm. But I can't remember who it was. I don't remember. I think Brewster, Brewster might have actually admitted to it. I can't remember. Or he, like, implied that he did it. Mm-hmm. But he uh, could have just been bullshitting. Yeah. Does, he kills the cop at the stadium, though, at the end, doesn't he? Before he goes and starts flying? Well, no, I think that was supposed to be Luis, because she leaves his his house. Because <laughs> <laughs> they have, a, like, a bit of a, a fight, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she walks out. She takes the, the raven or crow. Raven, yeah, Raven leaves yeah. with her. And then when they... Or does the Raven peck him to death? Is that what happens? I'm not sure. It's been a while since... I, I watched it about a month ago, so I don't remember all the details. Yeah, I can't but remember either. I liked uh, Frank Shaft. He was pretty slick. That was weird, though. And he Pretty cool car chase, and he just spins out into a little like standing water... I love how the guardian angel just kind of blocks the way and they have yeah. to drive around. Like the one guy is trying to get out of the parking lot and she's just kind of in the way and he has to go all the way around the loop and then come mm-hmm. back out. <laughs> and then, yeah, Frank crashes into the lake at the at the park. Apparently it is what does him in because he ends up shooting himself in the head. The photographer is like, I'm going to you know get some help. And he goes, no. My legs are crushed. I can't can't feel anything. Don't bother. And he just kills himself. <laughs> How did your legs get crushed? Well, I, I can believe that. I mean, he had no airbag, no... I don't think he had a seatbelt on. Hit that water pretty hard. Yeah, but he is... He drove a long... detective. He's using seatbelts. He drove a long way to get to that pond. Because uh, Shelly Duvall had a seatbelt. She's tightening it up. In her uh, in the car that she stole from her attempted rapist, <laughs> yeah, that she just kind of oh by the ways. 
Speaking of Shelley Duvall, she was looking good in here, I thought. Yeah. Because Shining was only 10 years later. She looked kind of rough in The Shining. Yeah, she looks kind of rough in The Shining. And I guess I've never really seen a, a, a film with her in it where I'm like, yeah, Shelley Duvall, let's go. And then like, the this about, one's like, she's looking pretty good. The thing about her is she always looks so fucking greasy. Yeah, her hair's kind of like that. And this one less so. It looks drier. Yeah. That's just the color. I was like, why are you so greasy all the time? Yeah. <laughs> and will you please do us a favor? Eat a burger. You don't have to play olive oil, you know, every day of your life. It's just right. that one movie where you're olive oil. <laughs> greasy and skinny. <laughs> olive oil. But yeah, I like when she's explaining how she got the car. And she's like, it's not even my car. You know, I went on a date with this guy and he did the, well, this happened, that happened. I, he tried to rape me, so I took his car. <laughs> uh. But yeah, and then uh, the ending is uh, one of the most bizarre things in the movie where he finally gets out there and starts flapping his wings, jumps mm. off the balcony of the, the Astrodome. And the machine works and they're all shooting at him and they can't hit him and he's just flying and flying and flying and then he uh he doesn't have the stamina to keep it up and it's like well couldn't you just you know land glide <laughs> <laughs> down you know for in for a landing well i guess he's like he never thought about ever landing yeah well i think the idea was that he could go for a lot longer than he did I don't know how long he was actually up there because he, you know, could have been two minutes, could have been ten minutes, could have been half an hour. But uh, it was really funny when he hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> what was even more funny is like as soon as he hits the ground, like the circus comes out. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the movie is a different character in the circus. And then they introduce all the, the cast from the movie. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, and Bud McCourt as Brewster McLeod. And he's just face down in the infield. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. I appreciated that. Mm. So, Yeah, there's definitely uh, some good aspects to this film. It's almost like two stories kind of happening simultaneously that kind of converge at the end. I just found it kind of hard to get into at first because you're like, what the fuck is going on? Okay, I got a professor that's telling me about birds. So I get that connects to the bud court. He wants to be a bird apparently, but then there's these stranglings and like yeah. you don't know who all the characters' names are right away. So mm-hmm. people are just talking to people and you're like, well, who the fuck is this person? Who's this person? Yeah. Like you don't know what's going on for like the first half hour. And then you're like, oh, it's just kind of like this. And then you just follow, <laughs> okay, the teacher teaches about birds. Bud is building wings, wants to be a bird. Right. And murders follow him around wherever he goes. Right. And then there's the cops investigating. Yeah. Okay, there's the story. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was weird. The first half hour, like, what is this? Do you think uh, if you watched it again, you'd kind of pick it up more, you know, more quickly and maybe appreciate yeah, it a little more. Definitely. I remember the first time I watched it when they did the opening credits and uh, Margaret, what's her name? Margaret uh, Hamilton is practicing the Star Spangled Banner with the, I don't know, the majorettes or whatever kneeling behind her. Mm-hmm. 
I guess that was okay. They were the first to kneel. For <laughs> it was okay anthem. in the 70s, I guess. Nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, uh, she gets, like, partway into the song, and then she's like, no, 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 start over, start over. And then they run it back, but they re- rewind the opening credits, and then they start them again. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, this is going to be something else. Yeah. Like gonna, I said, it does get pretty meta. In this is going to be interesting. Yeah, there's also some uh, racy humor for about the first half hour with some uh, slurs being thrown around. With Stacy Keach as the <laughs> old man. Yeah. <laughs> he calls that, uh, that oh, crow uh, an end bird. <laughs> I think Margaret Hamilton says that. Oh, is that her? And then, uh, that's right, Bud, Bud uh, or uh, Brewster McLeod was the the driver for that rich old man. That's right. That's what it was. That's what it was. And uh, I think he calls him the the f word a few times. He does. And In fact, I almost like got a clip from the movie when he's in the back seat because Bud Court was like always tired of listening to him, so he just rolls up the window. <laughs> And then he like he falls over on the side he, like he's a he's like a slumlord or whatever so he's going to pick up his uh, his rent from all his tenants personally mm-hmm. and uh, he's he, sexually like, harassing women he like falls over on the sidewalk and all his money goes everywhere and Brewster starts helping to pick it up and the dude pulls a gun on him he says never touch my money <laughs> so he just lets it just lets it fly in the wind <laughs> and the next thing you know this guy's coming down the the hill on in his wheelchair about a hundred miles an hour <laughs> towards a brick wall. Reminds me of that jackass sketch when they're in old men uh, yeah. makeup and costumes and they're in the wheelchairs going, Oh, no brakes. Oh my God, my brakes. <laughs> People are, you know, chasing after him to try and stop the It's basically exactly that. <laughs> oh my God. My brakes. <laughs> and then he you know, he crashes and he gets bird shit on him. Mm-hmm. Right on the face. Everybody gets shit on the face. Or no, he got shit on before he died, I think. Because he looked up and I think he got right in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's a it's a, a weird but fun movie, I think. Most definitely. Anything else to add? No, I don't think so. All right. That will do it. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case.